Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second episode of Potato Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clara Peterson. And I'm your other host, Jessica Williams. But before we bring on our second guest, we just wanted to catch up for a little bit. So, Clara, tell me about your exciting news. Hey, Jess, thank you. Um, yeah, I recently created, well, actually, last spring, I made a short dance film with our good friend, um, Sam Roden of the Rodanti Brothers Films Company. And um, this is a film featuring Ask LaCour Rasmussen, who's a principal dancer with New York City Ballet and a really well-renowned flamenco dancer, Celine Munoz. And uh, they had a piece and actually came to us. I worked with them um, to kind of developed the idea of putting the piece on film, uh, which was originally made for the theater. So we created this short dance film and, uh, you know, went through the phases of editing and then some promotion. And it actually got accepted to premiere on the Dance on YouTube channel, which is a huge dance-focused YouTube channel, which is so exciting. So it premiered a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're close to 20,000 views now and just really happy about it. And tomorrow, actually, the film is screening at a dance films association end of year party so everyone should check that out if you can you can check it out by going to youtube searching for dance on network Uh, that's d-a-n-c-e-o-n with no space and once you're on dance on's youtube uh, page just search for static electricity that's the name of the video and that's our film. It's wow. a little baby. So excited. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully many more to come. Um, as you know, I work in film production on the side of my day jobs and obviously have a love for dance. So trying to bring those two together more and more. That's great. And there's yeah. so much that you can do with dance and film. Yeah, and actually a lot of people are starting to do more with that these days. We're seeing a lot more in the world. I think even you know, you and I have talked about the trend of seeing more people using dance to get people's attention in ads and in more artistic short films mm-hmm. so it's really cool yeah uh, but what about you Jess I think you went to that dance symposium on Saturday Maybe yes have other news I did and it was very interesting the Brooklyn Commune Project produced mm-hmm. a comprehensive report earlier this year in January and the report is on the state of the performing arts from the perspective of artists Um, the report is called The View From Here and can be found on brooklyncommune.org Brooklyn Commune, okay that's interesting and they interviewed a number of artists Um, I want to say they said 500 or so um, artists in the New York City community and they held this gathering basically to share the results of the report and Um, brainstorm with everyone where do we go from here now that we know the state of the arts community and the thing the overarching theme that I found the most interesting um, or the bottom line of this report really is not only is it unrealistic to expect to make a living as an artist in the current system it's similarly unrealistic to expect to get paid for the art that you create so sad it is sad um And they sort of ask, as an artist, you're likely to subsidize your art entirely on your own. So is there a more sustainable system? Um, And I thought that was a very interesting question. And um, one that we all sort of talked about for the rest of the symposium. But Okay, so they didn't give you the answer, obviously, in the report. They just started the conversation. Um, but it was a very interesting conversation, and unfortunately, I didn't get to stay um, super long, but interesting just to hear everybody's take on that. Yeah. Is this like a yearly report they put out, or just a one-time thing? I believe it's just a one-time thing. Okay. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they come up with next. Yeah, and this is about, I guess, arts in general, so that would have implications for dancers, but uh, everyone in the arts community sounds interesting we'll have to uh, check that out and it's on the Brooklyn Commune website Brooklyn Commune all right Um, brooklyncommune.org all right so on today's show we're chatting with Naomi Lepescu a costume designer in NYC she received her BFA in dance from SUNY Purchase in 2004 which is where I first crossed paths with her as a first-year student at SUNY Purchase 
After SUNY Purchase, she danced professionally while studying fashion design at FIT and at the Danish Design School in Copenhagen. In 2010, she retired from her performance career and started Nelu Designs, a company specializing in costumes for dance. Naomi has worked with a number of companies as a costume designer, including Parsons Dance, Alvin Ailey's Second Company, Lar Lubavitch Dance Company, Lonnie Landon Dance Projects, MV Works, Shenway Dance Arts, and Lisa are the company, just to name a few. So we're very excited to have you with us today, Naomi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's um, good to see you again, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Since we were in school together. Yeah, likewise. It's been 14 years. Yeah, oh my but God. I've seen you since. You, uh, you came to one of the shows that I designed costumes for, and so I saw you there. Yeah, and that was Lisa, the company, which mm -hmm. was a really great performance at the Barishnikov Art Center. Mm -hmm. That is the night all my dreams came true. We met Barishnikov. Oh. I remember <laughs> that. That was just last spring. Yeah, right? the crocodile right. princess was the princess thing. crocodile. Princess yeah. crocodile. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a great show. A very exciting evening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Excited sure. to have you. Uh, actually, my mom is a dress designer, and she obviously loves ballet. She put me in ballet mm -hmm. as a three-year-old. Have always loved dance, and she's getting into costuming. She's done a, a lot of costuming oh, over yeah. the years. Although I think she wishes that she'd gotten to do more. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a little bit of a background sort of through her in uh, costumes and have always been really interested in that and mm -hmm. just very excited that we get to talk to you about that aspect of the dance world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm happy that people get a chance to hear that side of it because it's often people don't know how much work goes into it. So they do not. They don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> because um, costume designers work mostly work on their own. They 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 sew everything in their studios. So where when you're in rehearsal, you see all the work that you're all doing together, the dancers and the choreographer, and but the costume designers often comes in for a short period of time, and then they go mm -hmm. back home, work, and then they bring stuff in and go back and work. So sometimes people are like, wow, it's like magic that you work so fast, it's just here, but it's like, oh, I actually was sewing all week. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to tell us about that costuming process from beginning mm -hmm. to opening night? Mm-hmm. Um, well, usually um, what I prefer to do is to come in and watch a rehearsal before the choreographer even tells me about what the piece is about. Um, how early do you do that? At the very beginning of their process? Or? Usually um, at least towards two-thirds of it, the okay. process, okay. I would say, because I need to, to at least see what, what the piece is like. Sure, so it has sense. to be semi-complete when I see it. Um, so I come in and I and I just watch the dancers. I watch the movement, and I usually just sit there and I visualize what I what I think would just look good them wearing with that movement. And I, I try to guess what the piece is about. And then afterwards, I I I speak to the choreographer and ask them what the concept is, if there's a theme, if they had any any colors in mind, if they already know what the costume should be like or if they have no idea and um, it's always a it's it's always a really wide range of of how how much they know what they should be sometimes they're they're like I want them to wear black pants and white shirts or <laughs> they're very specific and then other times they're like I have no idea please help oh. so um, so that's interesting it's it it's always a very different process, actually, because it depends on how much input they want me to do. Right, and how much do you need to uh, watch the piece in that process, watch the actual choreography to see how the dancers move? Um, well, there's there's a bunch of things that I have to look out for, not just what would look good, but I, I, I look at the movement, and I because I'm a dancer, or I was a dancer, I... I can imagine well what 
what would work for this movement? Could, can I mm. do this grand plie in a pair of tight pants? No, probably not. And, yeah. and I look at, do they do any big splits? Do they roll on the floor? Do they go upside down? Because if they go upside down, I need to think about what underwear they're wearing, if they're wearing skirts <laughs> and, you know, all the functions that um, the choreographer usually don't think about. They, they, they usually just think about what they should look like. And then my job is to figure out, well, is this going to work? Can they move in them? Can they... Can they can they do that slide on the floor in 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 some in this fabric that might be sticky or right. so there's a lot of things I have to think about from from the creative aspect but also the functional. Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, tell us about a recent collaboration that you enjoyed with a choreographer. Um, well, I recently worked with Lar Lubovitch Dance Company. Um, uh, for Artemis in Athens, which okay. opened at the Joyce Theater this um, this past fall, and um, it was it was a very it was a very new process for me actually because um, this was the f these were the first costumes I'd ever made that were actually not just pedestrian looking clothes, which is what most dance companies nowadays want. These mm. these were actually costumes that had to convey a story and um, so so the the story um, takes place in a in a Boy Scout camp so they all had to wear Boy Scout uniforms so I actually got really um, enmeshed in 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 researching what Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts wear like I never thought the research <laughs> aspect. That's right. So there's a lot of research in that project, which was really fun for me. Um, I, I I looked online. I, I, I read. I actually ordered some books about <laughs> Boy Scouts. Like I read the little formulas and, and all the little wow. tricks they do. And <laughs> and um, I had to figure out, you know, like w how they wear their badges. They have a sash. Which shoulder does the sash go over? Mm -hmm. What kind of hats do they wear? If they wear the hat, which which way of on the head do they slant down? And mm -hmm. there was a lot of research details there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is a lot of detail. But it was really fun. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because usually nowadays. Um, Dance companies usually want costumes that are fairly pedestrian. Um, a lot of times, choreographers will see something in a store window and they'll suddenly text me, say, hey, check out this shirt, isn't it cool? How, what do you think of that as costume? And sometimes um, choreographers I work with, they'll even text me randomly, even if we're not collaborating right now, maybe like for next year, they'll be like, oh, I just saw this, I just had to show you. So sometimes they help me with their research too. That's great. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned that the trend recently is more of a pedestrian look on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's very interesting because that's definitely something I've noticed across mm -hmm. the board with contemporary performance companies. Yeah, especially <laughs> contemporary. Yeah. And, um, and even ballet companies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's very interesting to see that this is sort of a new trend. Mm -hmm. And... Um, what is your take on it, or how do you think it differs from previous trends? Um, I actually like it because I like to make costumes that I would like to wear myself. Hmm. So I enjoy, I really enjoy it when the dancers like their costumes and when they feel they look good in them. So it's not just a unitard that's going to show off the movement. It's actually an outfit that they feel stylish in, and that's satisfying to me. Is, is there anything kind of disappointing about that as a costume designer? Uh, it seems clear that you don't focus on, like, tutus and jewels mm -hmm. and that kind of right. thing. Uh, although, please do elaborate on what your focus area is <laughs> uh -huh. and your main interest area. Yeah. Um, but I guess in that vein, is it ever kind of disappointing to just do something pedestrian? Mm. No, because I always add something to it that makes it more costumey. Like, okay. I will incorporate, for example, I, I recently worked with Lonnie Landon, and she always, they always wear knee pads in their, um, in their, hmm. in rehearsal. So I actually incorporated the knee pads into the pants. I sewed them into the knees, and um, and I used different um, textiles over the knees 
one time I, I pleated the, the knees so it would look like so he wore the knee pads underneath but you could see the definition of them and mm. I actually thought it looked really cool even though I mean it served function and it was also it didn't look like pants that you would it was pants you could walk down the street in but they had some extra costume element to them nice. yeah and then also I think of a lot about um, kind of making a line if, if there's five dancers I will I will make sure that everyone has if I choose five different fabrics everyone will wear a little bit of one or another so mm, there's okay. some cohesion in the whole in the whole um, line if you could call it that mm-hmm. so would you say and maybe I'm making a jump um, but is fashion today influencing um, dance costume designs more than it has in the past? I would say yes, but it could also be the way I work, you know? Mm. And the people that I that I work with like my aesthetic, and my aesthetic is very pedestrian and, and something that, I, that people want to wear. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do yeah. the dancers ever get to keep their costumes and wear them? No. <laughs> but many times they say they do. They're like, oh, I want to go clubbing in this. <laughs> oh, wow. That would be cool. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. That, that's really, I love it when they like their costume. Yeah. It's the best. I feel like with something like knee pads, it's so important to make sure the dancers have those. Mm-hmm. If they're wearing them in rehearsal, Absolutely. they yeah. could really hurt themselves without. Do you think that there are, are the choreographers more aware in the costuming process of elements like that that could cause injury or harm to the dancers if they were missing? Uh, or is that mm. really something you need to... I, I would mm. say in general, choreographers don't think too much about the functions. When oh, they wow. come in, they usually just think about what they, sh- what they would like them to look like. Okay. And then it's my job to say, well, I noticed they're wearing knee pads. I also mm-hmm. noticed that everyone's wearing socks in rehearsal, which is also... a totally a trend right now I see so many dance companies wearing socks now so um, and that really does affect my the costumes because if they're wearing a skirt and they're wearing socks I need to dye the socks to the skin tone if they want them to look like they're not wearing socks or Mm -hmm. maybe they want maybe I want the socks to be very very apparent and then I, I might have them wear black socks or Right. Or have the socks match the pants color or something like that. Okay. So, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. How does your dance background influence your work? Um, well, I think it was my main motivation for making costumes was that I had I had worn so many difficult costumes to dance in. Mm-hmm so many costumes that you can't move in that um, where the costume designer was a fashion designer that didn't know much about movement and that always Mm -hmm. I I was always like you know if I was if I was going to make these costumes I would use stretchy material or do this differently or think about why didn't they think about me going upside down at this moment that this this (laughs) shirt is totally rolling down and I can see I can see my belly or something like that and so I would say I just I just imagine dancing in the piece and what I would like to wear and how it would work yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. I can't say that I've noticed any um terrible costume flaws but I've definitely seen leotards uh-huh. where the hips go up too oh, much yeah, when they you're ride being up. partnered mm-hmm. um, how do you stop that? I was just always curious <laughs> that's a good question because um, mm-hmm. um, do you remember the costumes for Lisa's Princess Crocodile mm-hmm. there were these um, sheer leotards that had like a ball gown top but then the bottom was a leotard and I, you know that uh, there's the sticky tape that sometimes come on bras mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. on the bra straps mm-hmm. um i sewed that to the to the bottom of their butts so oh. it would stay down and that works mm-hmm. that's yeah it worked and but actually at that particular performance i remember right because they have bare legs yeah yes i mean they did ride yeah. up a little bit but not as much as before i put that the sticky tape on there 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. I was actually impressed. Like, oh, I would be so scared to be just having bare legs like right, that, but yeah. it didn't move at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of that too, and I'm really curious how, sometimes it just seems impossible to me that costumes stay in place. Uh-huh. They always do. There are certain key parts of the body you need to cover up, and right. it, it just seems incredible when dancers are, especially these days, moving the way they move. It's mm-hmm. so gymnastic in a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah. They are moving their body into every configuration, known and unknown, mm-hmm. to man. And somehow those costumes manage to kind of stay in place where they need to. Right. How do you how do you do that in the design to make them flexible enough but also mm-hmm. kind of sticky? Well, there's a lot of tricks in costumes that you don't see in fashion and, and yeah. that are very hidden. Um, yeah. For example, if, if they're wearing shirt and pants and the shirt has to stay down, I'll put an elastic around the, the bottom of the shirt that goes down around the crotch mm. to, to make him stay down. Or if they're, or sometimes I'll put snaps in the waistband and the shirt to make it stay down. Um, so those kind of tricks. There's also, I also sometimes use Velcro to keep things in place or mm. or if I notice a, a shirt that is that, that continues to to move in a certain way, I'll, I could add a gusset and stretchy material if, if it seems like the dancers always does this bending of, of their upper back that makes the shirt sleeves come down or something, then I'll mm. I'll add some different materials, so. Sounds very individualized yes. for each dancer. It is, And yeah. I've always thought costumes really have to fit so well mm-hmm. um, in order to move with the dancer as well yeah like even the best clothes that i wear the ones that really fit me well i don't have to fuss with right just day to day but yeah. if you have something you kind of have to fuss with it, that's a really good sign it's not really cut for your body yeah um, and it's so uncomfortable dancing in a costume that you you're worried that it's it's gonna move or, and then or yeah. fall off or something i so. feel like you have to have even more skill to like make that fit mm-hmm. which is funny sometimes with reused costumes it's a lot of companies they keep the costumes right. and they cycle through different dancers over time and mm-hmm. you have to make it make all the adjustments to fit that yeah, particular yeah. dancer. Well, I I that happens all the time when when companies that I work for they'll they'll say, "Hey, um, we have a new dancer who can come in and fit fit the costume mm-hmm. from the previous dancer." And sometimes I end up making a brand new costume for them just cuz I'm oh, like, well. "This is not going to work. They're way too tall or <laughs> Or this this dancer just has is way more flexible, so they're gonna oh. kick their leg up higher, and it makes the the, the seam rib or something. Um, yeah. So there has definitely been times when I've just remade the a costume for them, but most of the time I can alter it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of um, trial and error that might yeah. be necessary. Uh huh. Um, I guess, do you have any that stand out in your mind as recent experiences where maybe <laughs> you um, maybe executed something but maybe saw how the dancer moved in it and then had mm-hmm. to redesign it? Yeah, definitely. Um, for the, the piece for Laura Lubovitch where um, the the costume had to, the, the Boy Scout turns into a deer in a split second on stage and, and the, the dancers tear off the costume in one second. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, so I looked at a costume that we had borrowed from American Ballet Theater, and the way they had done it was they put snaps in the all the way in the inseam and the side seams of the pants, and then they tore them off from front to back. So I made the pants like that, and um, and I couldn't figure out why they kept the cr- the crotch seam kept undoing itself on in rehearsal, <laughs> and it was terrifying for me because I was like this cannot happen on stage <laughs> you know his his whole the, the pants were literally falling off every time we tried and then I tried to put more stretchy material then I tried to use different snaps like thicker snaps I, I tried so many things and then suddenly I was I was like you know let me just go on YouTube and research um just look at some stripper pant videos oh my gosh that's (laughs) brilliant (laughs) and I looked at all these videos and I was like wait a minute they don't even have snaps in the crotch like I don't need those and those are the ones that keep coming undone so I just 
took all that out and redid the pants and they were totally able to pull the pants off in a split second with just the side seams so that was a big (laughs) learning experience (laughs) interesting but it's really interesting that you started by looking at an abt costume right and then you found I mm-hmm. guess what you would call a stripper costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it worked better. One was more appropriate than right. the other. Yeah, recommendation <laughs> for APT. Well, you never know where you, you where you find your research. I mean, anything helps, you know. <laughs> oh, and do you find that um, you need to do research for every project that you start? Um, no, actually. Well, I wouldn't say I have to do that much technical research. Um, but I, I'll usually, when, when I'm thinking about what the costume should look like, I usually make a Pinterest board and I just go online and I, I search for a lot of images that inspire me. Um, it can be anything from colors or pictures of landscapes to actual clothing or, or, or pictures that, that give a feeling of something. And I... And I put that into a big board, and then I send that to the choreographer, and, they, and then I tell them, do you, do you feel like this, this speaks to your piece? Like, does it feel the same way? Am I on the right path? And that, to me, is also research, but it's not researching um, construction and stuff like that. Right. <coughs> Interesting. Do you feel like you have to really understand the piece, then, in order to understand how to create a costume that fits it. Like one thing I always have trouble, mm-hmm. I mean, I have trouble a lot of times I go to a show and I'm like, that was really great. I have no idea what they're trying to tell me. <laughs> yes, um, that no. happens to me too. And sometimes I'm totally okay with not really understanding the piece. If it's very mm-hmm. abstract, I'm totally happy to make some ab- abstract costume that, that when you look at them feel the same way, even though I can't put words on it. Mm. But then other times, um, the piece is specific, like there are characters, there are, or the piece will be about something very specific, like, for example, it can be about um, uh, women growing up from being children to grown adult women, and right. and how how can I portray that in with a costume, for example? Well, <laughs> yeah. But I haven't really gotten into making costumes that are completely like character based. Like, would you like to? Um, I'm not that interested in doing stuff like Lion King and and like Broadway type of stuff. Yeah. I actually I really like doing the more m- modern dance and pedestrian looking clothes. Would you call them minimalist? Would that be a fair characterization? Mm. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It depends. Very simple. I like simple stuff. And sometimes people contact me and they say, I want rhinestones and feathers. And mm-hmm. I say, I, that's just not what I do. I, I don't think I could do that really well. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend who can. So I have a lot of friends who all, I've... I've accumulated a big list of people who also do costumes and we all have different aesthetics and if I feel like that this is not something I can do well then I I will totally refer them to my friends and and they do the same for me so that's great yeah Yeah, that's great Mm -hmm. makes sense (laughs) Um, does that kind of correspond to your interest in dance as well like did you focus on contemporary dance as a dancer Mm -hmm. I did ballet when I was younger um, halfway through college, I decided to stop dancing on point and just doing modern, focusing on just modern dance. Okay. So, and um, what is your favorite type of modern dance to view as an audience member, and what was your favorite type of modern dance to actually perform? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I really, I really like pieces that make me think. And when you leave the theater, you feel different. You feel moved, or you feel like you you experience something new. I can't really put a 
put a finger on like who exactly mm-hmm. right but like um conceptual mm-hmm. type of pieces or just even pieces that I mean any piece can move you in any way yeah something that just moves you mm-hmm. and are there other costume designers whose work you admire or past designers who possibly influence you today um I really admire Reed Bartleming's costumes. He's, um, we started making costumes around the same time, actually, and we were at FIT around the same time as well. And he also comes from a background of dance. And his work is, I would call his work minimalist and very, very clean and beautiful. And hmm. who, who was he designed for? Do you know? He has designed. He designs a lot for um, for ballet companies, um, Wendy Wayland, and and uh, um, oh, I can't remember. Um, Justin Peck. Justin Peck, exactly. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I also really admire Karen Young's work. She's a uh, she's been in the dance. She's been a dance costume designer for for much longer than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she won a Bessie for best costume design one year, and I, I had a the chance to meet her a few times, and she has um, she's been so generous in in helping me and in, in um, giving me tips to how to run my business and sewing tricks and oh. and it's really amazing. Every single costume designer I've met in New York are very generous with sharing. Um, tips and ideas and and how to how to prevent issues with costumes you know because we we costumes are made differently than fashion clothing is there's we have to think about gussets and extra room in certain places and so it's really nice to meet other designers and share that with them I found that in New York in general, mm-hmm. uh, in the independent scene, many different artistic independent scenes, I found people are open to collaborating, they yeah. want to be busy, they want to work on projects, they want to make new connections, mm-hmm. that's what I love about it. I hear LA is not the same, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well yeah, I mean, all my work has come from, from networking, mm-hmm. I, I've never advertised or or. I've never had to do any marketing. I've just, everything has been word of mouth. And some of my jobs have literally been, I'm I'm in a studio doing a fitting and in the other studio, there's a dancer who who sees me. And this actually happened to me with with, um, my friend Tiffany Ray, who's a choreographer for Lisa Monte dance. Now she's the artistic director actually. But um, I met her in a dance studio where I was doing a fitting and she and we went to purchase together and she came up to me like what are you doing here and I'm like I make costumes now and she's like well I need costumes and I was like awesome. a few months later I got an email from her so it's it's really amazing how networking works what was it like being an entrepreneur I mean how did you get started with your company and uh, especially since everything comes from networking, what uh-huh. was the beginning like? How did you make ends meet? And oh, the, in the beginning, I did not make ends meet. <laughs> it was a lot of work for free, actually. Well, not a lot, but I, the first few pro- projects I did, I told some of my friends who were choreographers that mm-hmm. I just needed experience and would they let me design their costumes if they paid for all the materials and I would make them for free. and. Mm-hmm. Because I just wanted to know if I could even do it. I, yeah. I wasn't even sure. Can I really make costumes? Can I really? Can I really see myself doing this? So the first two or three projects were like that, and then I started charging a little more and a little more, and then now I'm, I am, I'm charging the, the, the rate, the going rate, and I actually have an assistant now. So oh. that's great. Yeah, really I think cool. that means you officially made it. Yeah, <laughs> when I have one employee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's yeah. great. She comes. She helps me once or twice a week. That's Sometimes great. more if I'm very busy. So that is such an exciting milestone to reach. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
and we really do live in an unprecedented time in which artists do get paid very little and mm-hmm. sometimes nothing for the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And what was that like for you, sort of juggling the demands of maintaining your productivity as a costume designer, but also needing to maybe support yourself on the side? Well, I had a I had an office job, a part-time job, um, that I slowly tapered down on as Mm -hmm. I got more and more work doing costumes. Um, I'm not to a point where I can completely live off costumes, but almost, I'm almost there. Um, Exciting. Yeah, (laughs) but it's a long process and it's, it's, sometimes you, you have to be very selective about who you work with as well. I've Unfortunately, I've had to say no to, to some people where mm-hmm. the budget wasn't enough for me to, I mean, pay. I have to pay for all my, my sewing machines and, and my studio and my assistant. And um, it cost a lot of money to, to just have the business going. Right. So, and if I also want to get paid myself, you know, then I have to charge. So, How but it's, it's hard sometimes because I hear that you know, sometimes the choreographers, like, they don't get paid. You know, they, they don't get paid to show their work. They're paying everyone else to make it all come together. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a shame that there isn't more funding in the dance scene. Yeah, that was actually um, some points that the Brooklyn Commune Project mm-hmm. was making, that right. a lot of people pay a lot of money yeah. to produce their own work, but they're mm-hmm. not making that same money back. And it's right really just a shame that mm-hmm. that's the state that we're in yeah yeah I'm definitely very aware of that and I try to to charge the least amount but still enough for me to get by and be able to to make a living so right Um, wasn't the report talking about trends over time to Jessica Um, saying that these days it's I don't know everybody always thinks it's worse now Um, Well, it did mention that, you know, we live in a time in which there are more artists than ever Mm. producing, and there's much more creative output than ever. But we are also living in a time in which artists are making little to nothing, and there are more artists making nothing today than there ever have been in Mm -hmm. any other period in U.S. history, Mm. Um, which is really pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane (laughs) it is yeah um and just from my own personal experience um I've always just been obsessed with financial security so Mm -hmm. a lot of decisions I've made along the way have always been coming from that place Mm -hmm. um but if I do do a project I always feel that I need to pay the artist or you know that always has to happen Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. it's just bad karma I feel like if I don't and um but there's something about people think that it's a privilege to to be able to show your work and to be seen and Mm -hmm. it is but you know (laughs) just you should still get paid for it you know because people do get something out of it art is important absolutely yeah do you think that costumes in particular are sort of easily put on the side in terms of funding just because Sometimes I think if a costume really works well with a piece, you shouldn't mm-hmm. notice it too much. Right. And it just really blends in and supports the piece. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if enough people really recognize enough about well, what's there's, going on. Well, there's costume. a lot of dance companies that don't hire costume designers that oh, just really? go to H&M or mm-hmm. Uniqlo and, and they just buy outfits that they think will look good. That's, I have seen that. Yeah, that's, that's very common, actually. So where where you can't really not hire a lighting designer, you know, or a sound editor. Um, So I do think that costumes are are one of the things that sometimes are skipped, Mm -hmm. but but I think it's so important to have a designer because it really makes a huge difference in how the piece looks all together. I think people even underestimate how, how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, and I don't think people always realize all the details mm-hmm. uh, of how important they are. I know right. my mom is always going on about <laughs> how like various dance companies will use um, like 
terrible polyester fabric that she hates <laughs> and she can tell like the minute the dancers yeah. come on stage she's like oh that's like <laughs> that was not a well-designed dress for the period or this right. that and the other thing uh-huh. um, actually the company I came from has some really beautiful old mm-hmm. and now very old costumes yeah like silk and they were for nut, the nutcracker I'm thinking yeah, yeah. they were really made to the times and these like elaborate party dresses yeah and you yeah. think well it, the audience is far away it doesn't matter uh-huh. but it makes such a difference it like, does as yeah. soon as you see this like very well-made detailed costume mm-hmm. with a lot of thought put into it yeah it just makes the show so much more vivid mm-hmm. it's it, mm-hmm. it's like it just makes it makes it feel right you can't really put a finger on it why why everything looks good you, you don't ever want the audience to think about the costumes you want them to just exist and look beautiful right yeah do you find that um dance reviewers pay enough attention to costumes mm-hmm. Good um i i would say probably no but i mean i i always consider myself lucky when my costumes are mentioned in a review because very often the it's not mentioned and if they are mentioned um, it's very important that they also mention the name of the costume designer yeah mm-hmm. um, it's it can be very frustrating sometimes reviewers will will talk about the choreography the dancers the lighting the music and then oh not room for costumes um, yeah which can be yeah it's very unfortunate um but there are some great reviewers out there that do include it which we appreciate any particular names come to mind that we could look for when we're reading reviews of people who include costumes um you can tell us later if you can't yeah think of any yeah (laughs) yeah i'm just curious because i always end up reading some Uh of the same people including jess and i like to complain about (laughs) well it's especially um it's especially a shame when sometimes I'll, I'll agree to do a, a show that where the funding, where the budget is kind of low, but I know that the New York Times will be there. So there's a chance for me to get a good review, which is, you know, I mean, I know that I can't get paid in exposure, but it still makes a difference. Yeah, you can sometimes. But, but then when they, and then if they don't mention it, it's such a shame. You know, you, I have no control over it. Right. And does it help to like introduce yourself to the reviewer or anything try to nudge mm-hmm. them to no i don't i don't really like to do that i, I wouldn't sense. want them to feel like i'm i'm trying to pull right. any strings right that's fair <laughs> oh no pun intended <laughs> do you think it might be because um partly because of misunderstanding like of people just not having any idea themselves of how they would create costumes for the piece and mm-hmm. like looking at well maybe they don't even think about it yeah. or maybe they just didn't have anything to say about the costumes maybe they just thought they were <clears throat> they were there they're maybe they didn't make them think sometimes that happens mm-hmm. so maybe it's a compliment if they <laughs> don't notice them yeah yeah mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. i feel like it's kind of neutral when they don't mention them because mm-hmm. it can either be positive or negative and if they don't mention anything it means they had no they didn't feel much <laughs> you know right so I would I would actually prefer a, a negative review over no no review at all because then I learned something yeah <laughs> from the press extent, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and currently what are your goals or what are some things that you're looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to getting more work mm-hmm. and, and doing bigger projects I I would like to, to do more I would actually like to do less less of the small projects and just a f- fewer of the bigger ones because there it's more fun to get really involved in a big show than mm. lots of little ones and hopefully I could maybe hire another person or or get enough work to to have someone working at my house while I go out and do fittings and everything. But right. unfortunately, there's only one, I can only, there's only, there's some work that only I can do that I can't delegate. I can delegate all the sewing, but I can't mm-hmm. really delegate the the design, the 
going to the fittings and and making decisions and speaking to everyone. So okay. What are some companies that you would love to work for, if you could choose any? Hmm. I would love to work with Batsheva Dance Company. <laughs> just mm-hmm. just saw Batsheva. Oh yeah. Do you know their costume designer, or have you studied no. their costumes? No, it's just um, from working with Lisar. They they do Gaga movement, which mm-hmm. I really like, and and I find I find it really fascinating to to make costumes for that kind of movement mm-hmm. because it's very human, huh? In a way, do you find you have to focus more on the functional versus the aesthetic for that kind of movement? I would say both. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoy taking Gaga classes. Oh yeah, for fun, uh-huh. just to help me improvise a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me more about um, what you're thinking of when designing for a Gaga type of movement, or um, what are some things that you've had to, I guess, change or think about when you were working with Lisa? Well, their their movement is so physical. It's in incredibly um, I wouldn't say acrobatic but they really move their bodies in every possible way that they Mm -hmm. can so they can't just wear pants or something they have to wear something stretchy and and tight-fitting one of the other pieces I did for them was were these um, body suits in this glossy kind of wet looking black fabric and um, and I made it so that there were wrinkles in the fabric so you could really see see the movement they were kind of snake like and I thought that looked cool with, with the movement because you could really see their bodies that's interesting I wouldn't have thought of th- like wrinkles the effect of wrinkles uh-huh. I know yeah. that changes what we see yeah cool. I made them way too long in the torso so they had lots of wrinkles um in the torso mm-hmm. and also around the knees and the arms but they were tight fitted but they were just longer than the body was so that they were they were kind of like all these little bubbles in the fabric that made it look more more liquid actually oh wow interesting i can totally imagine that as you're talking about it uh-huh that's so cool yeah and yeah. That, that was what made it look like not a unitard because <laughs> okay. i did not want like a merce cunningham look yeah. Not that that's bad, but it's it it feels very dated when you see a unitard on stage. Hmm. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have thought of that. Trends. Important. <laughs> yes. Is Lisar when you work with uh, the Lisar company in particular as the choreographer? Um, do they give you at least the basics? Like I want a leotard and bare legs, or I want. They're actually. They're very specific. Actually, okay. they have. They like to be very involved in the in the design project uh, process. Um, working with them means lots of meetings, lots of talking about concepts and what it'll mean. What will it mean if we add purple to this, or what will it what will it mean if we add yellow, or hmm. or if if the the clothing is zipped up or unzipped, and like they really like to get into all the details of the meaning of everything and which is which is really it's 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 fun to go go there um yeah but it can also be a lot of work right that makes sense do bigger companies do you find in general want to be more hands-on kind of control what's going out there more i think it really depends on the on the directors um and the personality some people just don't want to think about the costumes at all. They just, oh. they have no idea, and they just want you to figure it all out. And that can be really fun for me, because then I'm like, yay, I get to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But then it's also really nice if the next project, they know exactly what they want, and I'm like, yay, I don't have to really <laughs> think too much. I just do what they want, and, and I figure out all the, the problem solving and the functions and and do exactly what they want, and they're happy, you know. Both processes are fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a silly question, but what did you enjoy more, dancing or costume designing? Hmm. That's a good question. I 
I think overall, as a person, I'm much happier now that I'm doing costumes just because um, I like being part of the creative process and one of the decision makers and what mm. things look like in the end. Whereas a dancer, I didn't, I never felt like I had that much say. I felt like I was more of an instrument and, and um, there's definitely the thrill of performing that I miss. But, um, but the pressure of being a dancer and always having to ask permission to maybe like cut your hair and you can't get <laughs> like just not not that I ever was in a company that was that strict but it felt very like you you, you constantly had to think about your body and not getting injured and and also trying to make enough money to to live and it is a little easier this I mean, there's more responsibility, which is more stressful, but right. it's a different kind. Is your studio based out of your home, or do you have a separate studio? Mm -hmm. It's in my home. My, my living room is divided into two sections. Wow. So, yes, I have everything there. Very cool. <laughs> what was the most difficult costume that you had to work with? Hmm. Or challenging task that you might have been given for a costume it might have been that that uniform that had to be torn off on stage yeah. it really was like the most difficult because I had to work in all the details of the all the embellishments in a shirt that had to come apart in two ways so there had to be a seam but you couldn't see you weren't able to see that seam and so that I actually had to to do to paint it and because there was there were many colors in it so where the seam was I had to paint it in the same colors as the sash and the buttons and everything um, did you ever think going in about the mixed medium that you'd have to explore the painting the dyeing all of these different actually no I didn't I'm actually surprised at how much painting and dyeing I'm doing <laughs> um, there were I made some costumes for Kate Skarbatoska, and they were all um, um, beige, beige pants and beige shirts. They were very, very simple costumes, and so when we saw them on stage, they looked really flat and bland. And mm -hmm. I was like, "Yeah, this doesn't. It needs some dimension." Mm -hmm. So um, Kate came over to my house. She was great. Um, she put on every single costume and I spray painted them with like a dark gray spray paint. So I, I sprayed all of them in in different ways to to give them to give them shape. And then mm -hmm. we, we thought of each dancer as she put on the costume. Like, I think this would look good on this person and this person and that sounds like fun. fourteen of them and wow. it was fun. It was it was um it made a huge difference spray painting them. You couldn't really tell from far away but but it made a difference. Just gave it like dimension. Mm -hmm. wow. It shaped their bodies and 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 made it just made them look um, look like they had been worn a lot, like mm. they had been wearing them for years. Not not just like brand new costumes, which I, I like mm -hmm. it when they look worn sometimes, and it looks like they've been danced in and and these are these are their costumes. This is my outfit. You know, yeah. as opposed to, I'm being put in a costume. If if you make it look like they've been wearing it for a long time, it's like their personality. And more natural. Yeah. On stage. Mm -hmm. hmm. But again, that. it depends on the piece. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool process. She just came over into your living room and you spray painted. Yeah. Her. <laughs> in all these costumes. And got paid to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fun fun job. Uh huh. <laughs> Cool. Would you say, um, I mean, maybe this is also a silly question, but is costume making itself, the sewing and um, physical aspect from start to finish, pretty time-consuming for each costume? When you think about the whole process, a lot of people just think about, well, how long will it take to sew it together? Mm -hmm. But they don't think about buying the fabric, making the pattern, draping it, sewing it together, um, having a fitting, and when it's half done, then 
making all the alterations than maybe spray painting it afterwards you know and and so bit between all that it's it can easily be 10 to 20 25 hours per costume is kind of normal oh wow yeah <laughs> wow that's time consuming when you think about all the fittings and and the running around looking for fabric and yeah it's um it seems like there's so much more back and forth than even i would have thought of mm-hmm. before i mean i knew it was a time consuming process for what from watching my mom and she likes to do a lot of fittings yeah but i didn't think about all those rounds of revisions you might have to make if it doesn't yeah. fly off their body properly uh-huh. and they're supposed to pull it yeah. apart or something that's a lot so how many weeks out do you say that you have to start like um, if somebody comes to you would you calculate the number of dancers number of costumes and say okay well I have mm-hmm. enough time or I don't definitely it depends on how many costumes I I'm generally booked at least three months in advance mm-hmm. so even mm-hmm. even if someone comes to me and says I only need two costumes can you do it in the next two weeks I I just can't fit it in yeah. but it's not like I couldn't make two costumes in two weeks but um, I have to schedule everything but um Generally, I, I like to have at least, I think, two months hmm. in advance. Like, if I start the creative process, I'm thinking about the piece two months in advance before I have to make it. That's ideal. But unfortunately, there's it's not normal to have that much time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Many times people are in the last minute doing things. Yeah. Do you find that people underestimate how much time it takes even for the sewing, as I feel like mm-hmm. to reference my mom again, she's always getting people saying, <laughs> "Well, you can just sew. Can't you just sew this up today? Can't you just do this?" Like she, uh-huh. she always yeah. conveys well, it. I've as had a, someone <laughs> say, "Can you just sew faster?" Oh God! <laughs> and it's like oh, my, no. sh- my machine only goes that fast. <laughs> you know, that's so rude. <laughs> um, oh. Yes, it it definitely it actually surprises me how long things take every time mm. i do a project mm. i always estimate i overestimate how long and somehow i didn't overestimate on enough yeah um wow. just because i like to do fittings halfway through and then make changes and and sometimes a costume just i i'll make five costumes and then one dancer will just standing out and I'm just like mm. they just don't fit in and I'll remake the whole thing and totally redesign it mm. that's happened <laughs> wow. did you by the way at, when you were at uh, FIT and the Danish school mm-hmm. uh, studying design did you focus on costumes no I didn't okay. I just focused on fashion design and pattern making and construction okay is it important to come from that background to approach costumes so you have like all the basics or um for me it, it was helpful when i was in denmark i took that was all design theory i studied mm. color uh color theory and shapes and uh, it, it had nothing to do with 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 clothing mm-hmm. it was just basic design theory and oh, wow. that helped me build a vocabulary and and think about um, costumes as as like shapes and objects okay as opposed to just looking good <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then mm-hmm. at FIT I learned all the construction all the pattern making and how to make everything so between those two I feel like I, I, I had enough but I but I never really I never really considered myself a fashion designer okay yeah okay <laughs> interesting mm-hmm So are there any choreographers um, who you have been liking recently or following? Um, I love um, Kate Skarpatoska's work, who I've also worked, I've had the pleasure of working with her twice. I, I think her her choreography is amazing. It's, um, it's very fluid and it's the way that she, she builds the movement in, in these flowy ways and with the music it's really beautiful and um, I also really love Lonnie Landon's work she's an these two are both up and coming new choreographers Mm. that I can see going really far 
Oh, okay. Is this Kate's last name? Then? Skarpatoska. Skarpatoska. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll have to check out their work. I've actually never seen either of their works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lonnie Landon is great. She just had a show in Washington, D.C. But where my costumes went, I didn't get to see them on stage, <laughs> which oh, no. was which was weird. But <laughs> I mean, not weird, but. Do you prefer to get to see? You must. I mean, you must. Well, be excited I to always see prefer them. to go to the tech rehearsal because I mm. I like to collaborate with the lighting designer, and mm. I find that when I'm there, they they always ask, "Do you like how how this lighting brings out the colors of your costumes?" And it can really make a huge difference if they're yeah. lit. They they can light them in so many ways that I'm like, oh, but that blue I was using, you can't even see it anymore. And sometimes I will tell them, I think. I would like more of that blue to come out. Actually, this is really interesting because I always assumed somehow that that the costumers sort of knew the lighting in advance because it can no. completely change the color. Yeah, totally. Huh. But the lighting is, is always designed last. So Do you talk with the choreographer in advance about what the lighting should look like with the um, Well, they, they, they might say things like, it's going to be a dark piece or... I want this to be very naturally lit like it's gonna I don't want any colors in the lighting but other than that no it, I don't usually talk about the lighting until it's time to oh, wow. to meet the lighting designer and I wow. um, many times I'll I'll um, many times the lighting designer will come in for a full run-through of the piece in rehearsal and that's a good time for me to have the costumes there so he can see the costumes at the same time and then I usually give him swatches of the fabric, and then mm. I email him um, pictures of the costumes. And many times I'll, I we will communicate via email about just colors wow. and, and feeling. That's great. <laughs> There's so many layers to your work. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I studied lighting design at Purchase as well, so. I did an independent study in lighting design because there was a time when I thought I was going to go into that when I stopped dancing. So mm-hmm. I've always been interested in all aspects of backstage and That's great. dance production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so much of your background is definitely informing mm-hmm. your costume mm-hmm. design and the work that you yes. put forth. Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah. amazing. Yeah, so it, help, it helps to to know the vocabulary when I I talk to dancers. I know how to talk about the movement and then the lighting designer. It's good that I know like some of the vocabulary there too. Helps yeah, it seems essential actually. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, one could easily be disappointed if you didn't have a chance to talk to the lighting designer or to resolve maybe yeah, any differences, yeah. and then you see the piece performed your costumes could look so different. Right. Has that ever happened when you were kind, kind of not in the end satisfied with how, it, how the lighting um, portrayed? I, I don't feel like I've ever been dissatisfied with good with a lighting designer. Yeah. They're always very great communicators. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, when, when, when that show happened in DC and I didn't get to be there for the tech, it was, you know, I totally trusted a lighting designer. I had spoken to him a lot before they went but you know I always love that's one of my favorite parts of my job is to get to see the show and you know see them on stage it's really fun and that's when I get to almost relax (laughs) right and enjoy it I suppose on the other hand you could also be pleasantly surprised if it looked a little different than you Uh pictured yeah totally sometimes they make my costumes look better yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Usually that's what happens. <laughs> do you watch a show with binoculars? No. <laughs> really? Do you? My mom does. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Maybe if it was a... It, well, modern dance, it, the theaters are not usually so large right. that you're Very sitting small. in the very, very top row. <laughs> yeah. You can't see anything. And I guess it's more with the bejeweled kind of costumes. She wants to see every little oh, yeah. jewel and make sure the source is <laughs> crystals or whatever. <laughs> That's so Tutus. cute. <laughs> I'm imagining your mom in a small theater with binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> Up close. <laughs> mm. 
usually if if I when I go to the dress rehearsal I'll sit in the front row and and really stare at all the details and make sure that I'm not missing anything and and anything from like a zipper that is showing too much or buttons or or details that you wouldn't normally see far away I like to look at that wow so yeah there's a quality assurance definitely yeah there are definitely things that you that you see more on stage and then there are things you see less on stage some things are more hidden and some things are more apparent so it's important to watch it on stage not just in rehearsal so uh, on behalf of said mother who's gotten a lot of attention in this show I did have two (laughs) specific questions Uh that she emailed me I sent her your website Uh and I said we're interviewing a costume designer do you have any questions and on the front page of your web on on your website uh, there's a picture of you and I think there's a sewing machine sort of like half obscured off to the side and she said what kind of sewing machine does she use the one on your (laughs) picture I use Janome sewing machines Janome yeah that's a Japanese sewing machine and that's my absolute favorite I actually won't use any other machines and do you have a serger too or do you yeah I have two two regular sewing machines and a serger Wow. okay I have two that I have I have one sewing machine that I can travel with and then a bigger one that stays home that's very heavy Yes. And then the surgery. Okay. And then uh, what kind of dress forms? Because she's always looking for good dress forms. And oh. Can't find. I don't know what the... These are... The dress form is the one that I bought from FIT when I was a mm-hmm. student there. Yeah. That's um, what she says. So. <laughs> and may I ask what a dress form is? Oh. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a, um, a mannequin, but where you can pin... It's, it's built so that you can, you can put pins in the body of it so you can drape clothing on it so mm-hmm. it's not so much it's not so much for fitting it's more for draping I have a different dress form that expands and and so how do you say yeah it's for the different sizes that's yeah, what she wants I have one that that has many that you can make into into many different sizes okay. and that one I used use for when when I want to fit something make sure that it, it fits the measurements then but if I'm just if I'm making a pattern and I'm draping it, I use the dress form for that because that's like a the basic shape. I just realized that describing it, it sounds like a huge voodoo doll. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so the expandable collapsible one is that also from FIT? No, that's oh. just one that I got online. Those are very. Oh. Those are not very expensive. They're. Yeah. For more information about Naomi Lepescu and Nello Designs, you can visit her website at www.nalodesigns.net, and that's N-A-L-U designs.net. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you very (laughs) much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.